You are Locked On Hornets, part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. In a minute, cuz, we live. We got him in for a third time this week. We promised you we would. It's another promise that we actually delivered on. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Again, I walk in. First thing, no no first thing. I didn't even get an apology from either one of you. We were going to give it to you on the show. Just, Backstabbers. Just to make, all of you. Just to make sure that everybody else could hear the apology. We did the Kimba Walker evaluation yesterday. We can still get your Kimba takes today. We it's can, not as fun. No, it'll be as fun because we can still react to it. It's just not going to be with us, at least with our original Kimba takes. No. But it can no, be just no, as fiery. No, no. It can be just as fiery. We talked about this. All of you. I can't trust any of you guys. This is Lockdown Hornets presented by the Lockdown Podcast Network. It's your team every day. Local experts on the number one daily sports podcast network. You can find the show handle on most social media platforms at Lockdown Hornets. You can find myself on Twitter at Walker Mail, Doug at Doug Branton, LOH, and Nada at Nada the Scribe. And so we did talk about Kimba Walker. We did. If Kimball Walker decides to go, and I think a lot of us think he will, then this will be a team that undergoes a rebuild. This will be a team that needs to find a way to get as much assets as and as much talent as they possibly can for this team to try to enhance their chances of being good in the future. And so what we've seen now is we've seen the Philadelphia 76ers at a point to where they are going to Toronto for a chance to win Game 7 to move on to the Eastern Conference Finals and Philadelphia is the team I think everybody looks at when you talk about the process, when you talk about trusting the process enough to where hopefully you can be at a point where you're contending for an Eastern Conference Finals. And despite maybe them, I don't know if Philadelphia has had a whole lot of chemistry issues. I don't know if Philadelphia has had those problems as much as well, when Jimmy have. Butler has come in. I mean, Jimmy Butler, I don't think that they've had a ton since Jimmy Butler has been there. I mean, well, Jimmy Butler... Well, well, I think a lot of their issues came before that, though. I mean, we've seen... Ben like, Simmons what comes to and mind Joel Embiid not vibe. And those are your two key pieces when we start talking about the rebuild. The two they actually hit on. I don't think that there's been a ton, though. Like, what, what are the chemistry issues that you've seen from them? Because I think that overall, they've actually been okay. They've been okay for now. But here's what I would ask you. When have we ever had two blue chip guys stay together long enough to basically become that dynasty? It never happens. Think of Penny and Shaq. Think of Kobe and Shaq. Well, Kobe and Shaq won a couple championships. They won a few championships. They I'll take a, it. I was about to say, what do you <laughs> – what? That's a bad example, Nada. Like, they Kobe don't, and Shaq stayed together for a while and won a few chips. Penny and never did. Penny and, Sha- okay, Penny and Shaq example. made Penny – And they got to the finals. They got to the finals in a year that Jordan wasn't there. Okay, but that's fine. I mean, I, I don't know if I get all of that, to be honest with you. But I do think that this is a team that you should look at if you're the Charlotte Hornets. And look, they haven't won a championship, but it doesn't mean that they haven't had at least some value there. Now to their point where they were able to get even a Dario Saric where they can trade him. They got Covington, who was developed within the system. He wasn't a high draft pick. They're able to trade him in order to get a Jimmy Butler alongside being able to accumulate a Miami Heat 2021 first-round selection. And this is what you should probably do if that is the direction that you're taking. And we can talk about tanking doesn't exactly work every single time. You can look out in Phoenix. It hasn't exactly worked yet. But when you're talking Minnesota's about... Minnesota's only been to the playoffs once. Right. And But when you're talking about the situation Philly is in, Philly looks to be in at least a pretty good one. They've been really hard to figure out this postseason, but Philly 
going to Toronto for a game seven and a chance to win that one and move on to the Eastern Conference. So Finals. Walker, this is an interesting conversation that you're having right now and, and definitely coincidental because it's it's happening online as well. There's a tweet here <laughs> from Spencer Percy of the Buzzbeat podcast that says, the Celtics and Sixers are reminding me how thankful I am and hashtag Bud City should be to follow a team with a high-character locker room. It's underrated. Think about all of the assets Boston and Philadelphia parted ways with and the very little they are on the verge of having to show for it. And so I'm looking, I, I heard, I, I saw this, I saw also Mike Ryan talking about Philadelphia's situation <clears throat> and how, how much is riding on a Game 7. And if they lose Game 7, just that one game and the impact it could have on the future decision-making, if they win, then it feels like a success. And they move on to the Eastern Conference Finals, and you're probably not having a blow-it-up discussion. But if they lose, we're going to spend the rest of the offseason discussing whether they should trade Joel Embiid because of injury risk or whether they should trade Ben Simmons because he's limited offensively. And so it's crazy to have all of that right on one game. And then the point being, if you were to do that, then all you would have to show for all of the process, at least the original things, would be one of Embiid or Ben Simmons as the picks, not the Nerlens Noel, Jalil Okafor, Michael Carter-Williams. You know, Having Joel Embiid on this team or a Ben Simmons, if you got rid of one of those, you would have one out of all of the things that you were able to accumulate. And I'll tell you what, I would still 100 out of 100 times choose to be in their situation before I would choose to be in the Charlotte Hornets situation. Uh, here's the thing. I disagree with not wanting to be Boston because Boston still has a whole bunch of assets. They can bring back Rozier. They could run this back just minus Kyrie slash probably unload somebody's salary that they don't want because they have so many picks this year. And I believe they have another one that's going to be a fairly decent value. So eliminate Boston. Philly, I kind of have to agree with Spencer. Because Philly is a Joel. What are you agreeing with, Spencer, that you'd rather be the Charlotte Hornets than what Philly is right now? You would trade the high character locker room for Philadelphia's situation. I would. I would. I, the thing is with Philly, and when Doug texted me this yesterday, I told him Philly is a Joel Embiid knee injury from being completely screwed. So trade him. So trade him because you have value. So trade him. Trade but Ben Simmons, Simmons. Again, it's the worst kept secret in the league. Simmons ain't staying in Philly. Well, then trade him. <laughs> so trade you're, you're going to trade them both. Trade, trade one. So you would, yeah, you would rather be in a situation where you have assets to trade and, and possibly gain other assets than a position that the Hornets are in, which is high character locker room for sure. Not a lot of disagreement coming out of that locker room, but they also cannot trade a single player on this roster to free up cap space or gain assets. Man, th there's value with these guys. Like, I understand that it might not be these guys that win you the championship, but they have the value to get you some other valuable pieces. And yeah, there's an argument for not just trying to prolong this process even more. I get all of that. But Ben Simmons has a ton of value to where even if he's in a different system, maybe, Right? Like, this is somebody that needs the paint to be spread out a little bit more. It's obvious so. And so maybe Ben Simmons goes to a different system. Mm -hmm. People realize that. And they're willing to sign the young potential star who's already an all-star on a rookie-scale contract. I would trade places with the Boston Celtics and the Philadelphia 76ers in a second. Right I would, now. I, right now. Because you're getting 
crazy home crowds. You're on the dance floor. That's a, that's the thing about sports. Like you're you're not guaranteed. Let's tango, baby. The championship. You got to get out on the dance floor at least. The Hornets can't even get out on the dance floor. They're sitting over by the punch bowl, nervous, butterflies in the stomach. They can't even get anywhere near the dance floor to to get a dance. So I would much rather be the Celtics or the Sixers, and that because basically the Boston Celtics and the Sixers now <clears throat> are the Charlotte Hornets in their heyday. They're your Larry Johnson, Alonzo Mourning Hornets. They're they're your you know Baron Davis, Jamal Mashburn Hornets, where a few breaks go their way, and all of a sudden they're in the Eastern Conference Finals. But the Hornets weren't guaranteed that they didn't get it, but they were at least contending. Yeah, but here's the question. Does Charlotte survive the nuclear winter that was the process? Oh, that's, that's because a good I've question. contended multiple times. This town doesn't survive that. Period. This franchise is not here what, at what, the end of that. What, what, what you're saying? Literally not here. You're saying not they're here. in another city, elsewhere, other city. There's the fire. See, because that that's a lot, man. Like I understand that they don't have the best attendance. I understand all of that, but at the same time, is it worth being 23rd in attendance or actually t- and staying there? And or at least making the leap of faith or at least trying to go at it with a plan to rebuild. And hopefully you can stomach being 29th and 30th for a little while before you have a chance to get even better than that. I mean, they did it for one season. They did. And the the basketball team still exists. I don't think it's a stretch to say two seasons, but I want to go to something else in this in this tweet that the the high character locker room is underrated. Do do you guys think it's underrated? Because I think it's overrated. I think it is I th- I'm kind of with you. I lean your way. It is overrated. I also seem I'm not sure that it's this high character locker room that everybody seems to think it is either though. Because we saw a lot of guys quit. And if we're talking high character guys, high character guys don't quit. Period. Yeah, I like it. I mean, I I think it's a factor. If if you're asking if it's overrated or underrated. I guess I would have to say it's best over- conversation in radio. It is. You know, I, I think this might be. It's often. It's oftentimes I'm not taking this stance. I think it's probably appropriately rated, maybe a little overrated. But to, I don't want to diminish that it has zero value. I don't want to say that it has no value whatsoever. I do think that there is something to be said for having a locker room that actually has its head on straight and it has the chemistry that actually works out there on the basketball court. And I understand that people don't have to like each other. I understand all of that. I understand that it's a business and we can hear all that, all those cliches constantly in sports. I get all of that. But to say that it has zero value, I think would be false. I don't think it has zero value, but I also think it's overrated because ultimately talent wins in the NBA and especially in the playoffs. And you used to hear Steve Clifford talk about this all the time. He's like, I don't care if they get along. I don't care if they go to dinner. Because he know he knew more than anyone because he coached with the Lakers when they had talent. He coached with true talent, like true playoff winning talent. And he coached in Houston when they had McGrady and Yao. He knew that ultimately talent is what wins playoff series. And that's what Boston found out. Like Boston is not in the playoffs anymore because Milwaukee had the best player who was so overwhelmingly talented, more talented than Kyrie Irving. It didn't matter if Kyrie see this that, is they, where they we start weren't to getting that they weren't yeah. they weren't getting along. Can, can I finish my point? No, I I'm apparently just, not. <laughs> angry Doug. See, here's my thing about that though. Like, yeah, they have the best player. I don't think anybody's going to argue that. Do you think they have the best overall collection of talent? They've Milwaukee been playing. Listen, Milwaukee has been playing better than Boston all season. 
No, oh. That I agree with. Oh yeah, I think you're right about. Well, that. okay, that they had the they had the best player, Agreed. and they had the the best assemblance of talent. That I can't go for. See, look, I, I just think that Boston has a ton of talent, and I think this is where we start to go off the road a little bit. At maybe least a my- name, maybe on paper, maybe if you're looking at Gordon Hayward's name and 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 thinking about what he could have been, but he wasn't. Well, and Jason Tatum and Jalen Brown. I mean, are we talking? Malcolm Brogdon is a very good basketball player. I think Eric Bledsoe has been somebody that's kind of been rejuvenated up in Milwaukee a little bit more. I thought Eric Bledsoe was somebody that was a little overrated, and then this season he decides to ball out. But I think that the Boston Celtics talent pool was a lot I think they were really deep as well now I think Budenholzer has done a good job of developing talent in Milwaukee but I I think what you're doing is underplaying the fact that Kyrie Irving I think had a real problem with this locker room and people had a real problem with Kyrie Irving in that locker room and I think that had a really uh, I think that had a big impact on the it wouldn't have mattered I'm telling you it wouldn't have mattered Gian, that's how good Giannis is Kyrie playing Irving right now. Kyrie Irving without chemistry issues has the Boston Celtics at least going to a Game 7 and contending to get to the Eastern Conference Finals. Absolutely. The Boston Celtics, if they don't have those type of issues where people were calling them dysfunctional, Jackie McMullen reporting that they don't trust each other, if Kyrie Irving and the teammates all trust each other, they're going to a Game 7 and they're contending for an Eastern Conference give Finals. Me, give me seven disgruntled Kyrie Irvings in my locker room over some high-character well, locker see, room that's, that's, going to, that's going to bottom out. That's what I'm saying. Sure. That's why it's overrated because... Character locker room is a factor. It's not the factor. And I understand that. I'm with you on that. Yeah, I'll, I'll take all the disgruntled, really good guys that you want. But Thank then you. when you start when you start facing a really good team on the other side that is equal to your talent, or maybe even a little bit better, or maybe even a little bit worse, that is still in the same pool as you are, then that's where it can come a, become a factor where, yeah, it's really tough. Like, the Indiana Pacers should not have been hanging around with the Boston Celtics in all of those games like they did yeah I agree with that but the one thing that I want to mention with Doug is the talent level was equal the best player was on Milwaukee I would argue the better coach was on Milwaukee and the guy the almighty Brad Stevens everybody that had that poll would you rather have LeBron or would you have rather have coach Brad Stevens? (laughs) everybody goes back to that poll oh yeah no because it's hilarious now and very very hindsight but Brad Stevens got out coached and he admitted it. If the talent level is somewhat equal, and I would argue that like Giannis was the best player on the floor, period. But number two, three, four, five, we're probably all Boston. All right, we'll take a quick break. We'll come back. We got Bismack Biombo in the news. We're coming from the Gittimer.com studios in Uptown Charlotte. If you're in sales and need help, visit Gittimer.com to learn how they can help you do the one thing you want to do, and that's make more sales. We'll talk a little bit more about the Hornets and, of course, Bismack. Got to mention Bismack. It's all next, LOH. This is Locked on Hornets. You know, Golden State spent almost a minuscule amount of time with zero of their starters out on the floor. They had at least one out there the entire you just time. Have four Hall of Famers. Yeah, they do. And <laughs> you so just you put just them have, anywhere. You just have one out Stack there. Stack them up. It's time for more of the Locked on Hornets podcast. Please listen carefully. Thanks again for joining us on the Locked on Hornets pod- podcast. Podcast. I don't know what the hell I was doing. Part of the Locked On Podcast Network, the professional, <laughs> the fartcast. 
That's what Doug is. The Professional Basketball Writers Association announced that five finalists for its 2018-2019 J. Walter Kennedy Citizenship Award, it all is represented by Bismack Biombo. He made the list of candidates along with Devin Booker, Mike Conley, Steve Kerr, and Damian Lillard. So Biombo is heavily involved in his home country of the Democratic, the Democratic, I can't read today, the Democratic Republic of Combo, Congo. Oh my God. Wow. Our test. Can't wow. read it. Can't read it. By the way, the Citizenship Award is a wholly different thing. <laughs> did I say Citizenship? <laughs> I'm pretty sure you did. I don't know if I put an H on that. Oh, that's, good uh, God. That's the opposite award. All right. He's built schools, held basketball camps, and facilitated scholarships <laughs> for students there in the Congo. And we do have the amazing drop of how LeBron James has done yes. this with the, or I mean, he's made a school, whatever, but Bismack Biombo, how many has he done? Not you're the one that dropped He's that. the one that's going to have six of them, basically. And remember, if you are a Patreon subscriber, you can hear my interview with him. So, I mean, give us money. <laughs> All right, six is shameless, greater than one. Yeah, a shameless plug by Nada. Thank you for your contribution. And so at least we have Bismack Biombo uh, getting involved in that. And we'll see if Bismack Biombo. Um, actually contributes at all to the charlotte hornets but it's going to be a if guy he's even on the roster yeah if he's even on the roster but it's going to be a guy along with a couple of other players that are part of people that have the player option that they're picking up and we still have yet to see if mkg is going to pick up his player option that's one that has not come through yet and we have seen um marvin williams told us immediately that was going to happen yeah. bismack biombo said pretty immediately a week after i think the exit interviews but we still haven't seen mkg and i think that's pretty interesting it's interesting but you got to remember he just had a kid recently he's picking it up now i where i thought he wasn't going to pick it up now i'm pretty sure once again that first kid you think about all the responsibilities and this that and the third he's picking it up Michael Kidd Girl Chris probably is going to pick up that player option. And then when you look at just the rest of this roster, it's why it makes it so hard to bring Kimba Walker back to me, Nada. And we'll get to your Kimba Walker takes now. We talked about the past, the present, the future with Kimba Walker. And we've discussed this quite a bit on this show just because he's been such a big part of the Charlotte Hornets team. You, know, you look at how he's developed. We talked about the three-point shot. And we talked about him having his best season just this past season where Doug and I thought he hit his ceiling. I think a lot of people thought Kimba Walker hit his ceiling, and he showed us that was not true. He was able to maintain that effective field goal percentage that sat at a little above 50% at a higher volume. And so now what you've seen from Kimba Walker, a lot of other teams, as Bobby Mark said yesterday on the wake-up call, there's going to be a big market for him to where they're probably going to pay him the max contract. And if the Hornets are the team that pays him that max contract, then you can't move off of all of this money very easily, and it's largely going to be the same exact roster. Yeah, exactly. And I know we talked about it on Wednesday, essentially, where even if you do bring him back, you're risking the repeater tax, and that's what kills budgets and franchise, and basically forces you to give up assets in order to stay underneath the luxury tax. Because there are very few teams that really feel comfortable paying that repeater tax. Look, look at Golden State. I guarantee you, they're going to find ways to shed money. That's how you come. You've had that roster attrition. The big thing with Kemba, though, for me is, and this is where I just. I want to see him back. I would love to see him finish his career as a Charlotte Hornet. Everything involved, like everything with the just like everything, just news, the feel, the vibe of this franchise says we're starting over, which is almost an acknowledgement of, yeah, this dude's gone. 
Do you have a favorite Kimba moment that you've seen from him? Not even just this past year, but just when you've when you've seen him play basketball for the Hornets. The first year the Hornets name came back, where he beat again, where he basically beat the Bucks by himself, and then I want to say a couple weeks later, last minute shot against the Knicks to win the game. Those might be my two favorite Kemba moments outside of maybe 60. I want to talk about the new situation that we have here in the studio. It's very weird for it me. It is very weird. Because what Doug has done, producer Doug, he's told Nada and I to go into the studio. And remember, we had told you earlier that Doug had switched this entire thing around. And it looks very good. It's really well done. But it is a little bit different now when we have three people that are doing the podcast. Because what we used to do, at least what we've done the last couple of times we've had three people on the pod, is we've had Nada stay inside the studio. And Doug and I would go out to a table set up with a couple of microphones that, if we had Nada set up a little bit, that we could see. It's uncomfortable as hell to do that shit, though. But now, it's just Nada and I in the studio, and there's a big, huge TV in front of me to where I can't maneuver the mic enough to where I can see Doug. And therefore, it's been very weird to have a voice that's coming in from the above and I can't really see when Doug wants to give us a take and it's why I interrupt him. And there's also a couple of other things that's going on that makes me feel very uncomfortable with having a three person podcast today. I know. Is Doug even still there? He's still there. I'm eating a sandwich. What is what's going on? What are you doing, Doug? I'm going to lean up like (laughs) he's eating a sandwich, apparently, (laughs) while we're recording. I feel like I've gone to him a couple times or at least paused when just for a Doug take. And I've been. I've come up empty-handed. Hey, you don't want me to finish this time? I, oh yeah, it, I feel like there's some tension now. I feel like it's very uncomfortable. I feel the tension the that's getting through the window. I get it's, my takeoff. I, it's, it's very, I, I feel the tension. It's intense Take off here. off and land the plane. Oh, jeez. And now he's interrupting me, and I don't know what to do. Like It's, it's just a very weird podcast day. I thought it was going to be fiery, and it, we've gotten some fire. It's just, it's been very weird the setup is today. It is a very weird setup. Doug, what is your take? Because I, you know what? I care. Or at Let's, least I can pretend what, what kind to of care. take did we interrupt? I'm sorry, did we, Doug. Did what, we interrupt? Go ahead. The floor is yours. Here, you're such a diva. I kind of want to know who in the NBA will win the Citizenship Award. <laughs> it's really tough to say. You always win the Citizenship Award. It's the Lockdown Hornets podcast on the Lockdown Podcast Network. We'll take a quick break. We'll come back with plenty more here. It's LOH on the Lockdown Podcast Network. This is Locked on Hornets. Did we like the Marco Bellinelli experiment here no. in Charlotte? Or are we glad that he's kind of gone? I, I, I'm one of those that's kind of glad he's I, one I, of the, I, one of the only players that has blocked Locked on Hornets on Twitter. Did he block us? <laughs> yeah. He blocked us. Did we come at him for something? Or? So I may have said, and I didn't at him or anything like that, but I may have said that his defense on LeBron James at one point resembled that of a potted plant. It's time for more of the Locked on Hornets podcast. Not I saw you and Doug both mentioning the fact on Twitter that it might be good to cut down the amount of regular season games. And it was all based on an article that you saw written about Kawhi Leonard to where he set out an entire season because he felt he wasn't ready to come back from injury. 
and then Kawhi Leonard comes back this season still on a very significant load management scale. Only plays about 50 games this season, but now he's dominating in the postseason. Like it, it is a crazy performance what he's putting together every single time he steps out on the court. Watching him play, I feel like I'm watching something special, and I want to continue watching it. Like Philadelphia, it's a good team. We all know that they have a ton of talent in that starting lineup, but I want to watch Kawhi Leonard play more basketball because what he's giving us, and it might just be, it's a great point, that it might just be because he sat out an entire year, and also he's had a nice load management this season. And so after looking at you guys talk about that, yeah. Is it so pandeb, so so pondeb on Twitter? I don't know how to pronounce yeah, so, it. So pondeb. So pondeb. Thank you. All right, I was way off on that. Yeah. So pondeb. It's her, it's turkey glue. Silver says. Podcast. In response to question about players taking games off for quote load management, maybe in the modern NBA we've had an 82 game season for roughly 50 years, and maybe it's too many games on the players' bodies. Not a. What are your thoughts? Well, Doug probably has warned you already about the fire take i have for this oh you have a fire take i i'm not warned do i need to go get the fire extinguisher do i need to go you, get you a suit of some kind to you might need to again get your nice little hazmat suit little all right i'll duck that's uh, that's again, the best thing i would do. say asbestos <laughs> but that's like cancerous yeah i don't know i don't know why you would say that i don't yeah, know why exactly. you would throw that out there oh let, let's talk about well, the regular let's, season now let's you know how the the best way you can get everybody to play all 82 games or at least more than 70 games How? eliminate the playoffs let's just get rid of the playoffs what <laughs> why all right let's hear this why because then you're not having to worry about having all these guys play 82 games like let's just get rid of the playoffs and, and and of course i'm gonna ask you right like of course i'm gonna ask you why we can't just bring it down to 62 or 60 or something like that and, and what, what would your they response be playing to be? for yeah, what well, would your response be? The pl- they're, you're playing for, you just treat it like soccer, guys. Again, wins cost this much. You don't get, again, you lose, you don't get points. We treat it like the soccer table. Again, that way, you know what? Whoever has the most wins, wins the title. You make the regular season matter. And... I- Again, you feel like you have questions. I I have a lot. I have a lot of questions. My my first thoughts come up by uh, my my immediate response and the immediate example I go to is watching Max Kellerman tell everybody that Kawhi Leonard was a better basketball player than Kobe Bryant. You just want to walk out. And watching Jay Williams walk out of that take and Stephen A. Smith for the first time in his career being legitimately speechless, I just don't know what else to say to that. And I... I kind of want to walk out of the studio to escape what I guess you can call this fire. Like, I just don't know why we can't go to 62 games and then have the postseason where you're going to have four games a series. At most, you're playing, what, 28 after that? Why is that not okay? Because here's the other part of that. You know know Adam Silver is talking about, instead of doing the All-Star game, we're going to do these mid-season tournaments for different trophies. They're going the soccer route anyway. No, they're they're not good. That is not going to happen. They they're are going not going the soccer route anyway. They are Walker. not going the soccer route. They are going to have a postseason. They are going to play. Maybe it's diminished a little bit, but they're going to play a regular season. And then you talk like it's different for football, where in college football every single game matters because it's sixteen games. Like, you can't have that type of point system when you have. 
80 regular season content or contests, and then you can go to maybe 60. Like you can't have that type of regime when you have even 60 games in a regular season. There has to be a postseason that you play for, and I think it's great. Like it's it's is the postseason not a phenomenal thing? Do you not enjoy the NBA playoffs? I don't I think you're do going to enjoy, enjoy midseason tournaments that don't mean nearly as much as what the playoffs do. Wait, you think I want that? That's what they're talking about right now. It seems saying, like you came at that with this is what I desire, not this is what's going to. He happen. wants to get rid of the draft too. Yes. I know you do. I know you don't like fun, Nada. I uh, thought you did like I, fun, and you want to diminish fun for everybody that enjoys the NBA. How, how dare you accuse me of not liking fun? I'm mad. I'm even mad at you for that take I, why even, are you mad at me because i just don't it's understand been a stressful show it, it's been really stressful i'm mad at both of my pod guys today like Sorry, both Dad. of you it's been it, i'm very disappointed in both of you i today. will not apologize i want these kids instead of going to these bad teams because they decide you know what let's just be cheap and let's take everything apart and let's just be bad so that we can trap these guys in for seven years you know what why don't you fix up your team to make it desirable for everybody else? That's why I want the draft. Nada wants to throw the baby and the bathwater out. Like he doesn't want to throw one or the other. He just wants to throw it all out and the bathtub. I and want chaos. While we're at it, just sell the house as well. But the, I wonder how much of this is because look, I would love if they reduce the number of regular season games because I, I think it would make the regular season matter more. I think it would give sure these guys an opportunity to or fans an opportunity to see stars play more games a lot of benefits but I wonder how much is Adam Silver saying this almost as a threat to the the front offices of these teams saying like get your stars out on the floor or are going to take games away from you I wouldn't doubt that I wouldn't doubt that at all because at that point you're losing if you go down to a 60 game season you're effectively losing 11 home dates that's a lot of money for a lot of teams, especially when you have the newer stadiums that you haven't really fully paid off for or you haven't even gone into yet. Hi, Golden State. And so you're saying that a better alternative would be to have no playoffs, zero postseason. And we don't even have to get on the draft thing, but just the postseason. You're saying the better alternative to that would be to have zero postseason? Zero postseason. Zero postseason because that way you're eliminating the extra It's 20. the only time that a lot of casual fans even care about the sport. Then make the regular season matter more. That's what you're doing. I don't think you're making it matter that much more. Like, it is somewhat of an added advantage. Like, you're making it matter a little bit more. But it's not nearly enough to carry the type of significance that the postseason carries. The casual fan, I mean, hell, I, I do sports radio with a couple of people that don't even like the game of basketball, but they tune in because they like the playoffs. Like, these are sports fans, not even just casual NBA fans. I mean, and to have the postseason go away, you're you're alienating quite a large group of fans that only pay attention for that specific reason. I well, think I think back to the lockout season when they started at Christmas, and I just felt like that season I was more engaged with everything, and the regular season mattered more, the playoffs mattered more. I don't know. It just that season felt right to me. That's the first time I thought, "Hey, maybe 82 games is kind of an arbitrary number." And why are we sure? Doing this? Well, well, and sure, but not get rid of the postseason, though. I mean, Doug, right? Like, are you on? Are you on his side with this? Of course, he's not. I, no, I'm not on his side, but I will say I am a proponent of reducing the first round to five games. Well, that's I think we fine. should. I, mean, I think we should dump some of the playoff games. I think seven game series for the first round is a little ridiculous, and I think this season. Uh, you could put that in the in the 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 camp of proving my point because some of these first season or first uh, round uh, matchups are just not that interesting. They would be a little bit more interesting 
if you're talking about, you know, 2-2. So I'm down to have what we can do to alter it. I'm down to have that conversation. I'm not down to have whether we should eradicate it. And that seems strong. And that's where you went right off the bat. Yes, that's exactly where I went. But you know what also? You talk about the casual fans and what are they going to pay attention to. They'll still pay attention if there's a title race at the end of the season. They'll still pay attention. It's like a rotisserie fantasy league. It is not like a rotisserie it is. fantasy league. Yeah, it is. They'll You're, still pay everybody, attention. Everybody's in the run. That sounds delicious. I, mean, it's, mm. I thought you had just had a sandwich, Doug. You were eating a sandwich doing the show a little bit ago, and now you want rotisserie chicken. Well, now I'm on to dessert. I've got a delicious warmed up uh, cookie that I bought yesterday. Are you eating tacos for dessert? Is that Ooh. what you're doing right now? That sounds great. All right. Thanks for listening to Locked On Hornets here on the Locked On Podcast Network. Follow us on Twitter and Instagram at Locked On Hornets. You can subscribe to us on Apple Podcasts, Stitcher, Overcast, the Himalaya Podcast app, wherever you get your podcast. Just search Locked On Hornets. Have a good weekend. Can I finish my point?